0: Hi and welcome to Rescuing Churches! If you love pastoral life, ministry, and church revitalization, this is a great place to join the discussion about why the local church matters, how we can help the ones that are in decline, and be an encouragement to their pastors along the way. We'll even get to hear stories from special guests about what God is doing in the church at large. This show is hosted by two guys who serve the local church and is for everyone within the local church. Thanks for tuning in today. Let's go! All right. Hey, church leaders. Welcome to Rescuing Churches. This is the official podcast.
1: 100% official.
0: Still the official
1: podcast. Could not be more official.
0: Of 614 Ministries.
1: Could not be more official.
0: I don't even know what official means in that case.
1: I'd like to hear our unofficial version.
0: (laughs) Is there an unofficial version of our podcast out there?
1: Probably. Probably.
0: If there is, those people should be in trouble.
1: (laughs) That'd be our outtakes.
0: (laughs) I'm just going to reintroduce myself here. In case it's your first time listening to the show, my name is Josh Givens, and I am the communications director here at 614. I am joined by my one official, official, my one and only co-host, who also happens to be my dad, Stan Givens. And our producer and silent partner, Mike Coward, is here faithfully manning the knobs at Mission Control, as always. And today, dad, you want to talk about this idea of pastors and church leaders, ministers in general, hanging in there. Yes, not just hanging, but hanging in there. <laughs> yes, stay staying in the game. And I'd like to note that hopefully by the time we're done with this podcast, this will not be Some sort of like just shallow motivational poster with a cat hanging from a tree branch. Cause I got to tell you, (laughs) when you sent me this title, that's all you could picture in your head. Only thing I could picture (laughs) was that cat in Walmart (laughs) hanging on the poster that says, Hang in there. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, in my mind, as an older pastor, I'm going,
0: surely he's got more than that.
1: (laughs) Picture a young, passionate, uh, young pastor, passionate having just preached a sermon he thought was awesome uh, being cornered in the back room or lobby or foyer uh, of the church with four or five ladies who want to complain to him about the situation in the bathroom or something that's totally Unrelated to whatever he just did in ministry, and I picture him needing to hang in there. Well, that never happens, right? <laughs> yeah, I can, can only tell you three or four stories like that. Right? You know, yeah, from my only three or four a month. Yeah. I mean, three or four stories. Sure, we could write a whole book on that. It's one thousand percent <laughs> sure. And maybe we, could. we
0: will. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, so let's talk about four ways that we can stay in the game, four ways that we can hang in there.
1: Well, and the reason we want to do that, we, you know, we're just back from the conference in Colorado that we mentioned in our previous podcast. Oh, yeah. And we know a lot of pastors are very discouraged. The numbers were very high for pastors who were defeated, discouraged, um, not um, in a good place emotionally. Uh, a lot of them are lonely. Uh, they don't have anybody to talk to you about that. We would love to just tell you to go ahead and reach out to us, and we'll find some people for you, or we'll become those people. We don't mind helping Absolutely. anybody that's struggling.
0: And, I, and I'm going to mention this later in the episode, but this you're segueing into a good point to do it here now. For any of you, just. I'll even drop it in the show notes. If you hit our website at 614ministries.org, there's a whole section on there about pastoral discouragement. You can find it on at the bottom of the section called Our Team. Mm-hmm. There's some hyperlinks you can hit there on getting in touch with us and on the contact page as well. So you can find that everywhere on our site to contact us via email, phone, social media, Correct. however
1: you need to. And we found some great guys at that conference. Yep. Uh, that we were a part of. Uh, we found some great guys that we would link you to as well that could help you just as well. So uh, we're, we're just wanting to make sure everybody's okay. And I don't want pastors quitting. Right, That was a big stat that, that was a little bit discouraging for me, that a lot of young pastors are just ready to throw in the towel and not hang in there. So you're right. I really want to to address this situation of helping them hang in there and this is just one little podcast I, it's not a personal counseling session for you or anything but at least give you some some framework to say am I taking care of these four issues in my life uh, am I am I caring for this so that I can help. Uh, be stronger for my church family.
0: Right. And I think those are good. So, I mean, you would say that maybe this is like a little bit of a self-reflection moment for yeah. some of the pastors.
1: Yeah. yeah. now that Some of the other guys that are working on some of this stuff that we talked to, and we're going to have Dale and some other guys on our podcast here soon, uh, but some of those other guys are putting together a whole, like a seminar to help with all this oh, yeah. and all that. Yeah. I, those are beautiful, by the way.
0: They've got some great uh, we're, resources. We're going
1: we're gonna to pull that into our ministry and get our pastors working on that. But it's just a way for me to say... <laughs> at least check on these, you know, check your pulse, you know, check your heart rate, check your yep. oxygen levels. Let's get just a few things real clear. Because yeah. sometimes, especially the first one, sometimes you just forget yeah. to make it personal. And and don't ignore the basics, right? Exactly.
0: That's exactly right. Don't ignore the basics. Okay, so if we're going to hit these four, let's just do this in the order you've got them here. Number one being personal word time. And I think this is obviously critical for believers in general um on hanging in there in life yes but we're going to make this specific to the pastor the church leader how would you say that this is not only a critical issue for them but something that they do on a personal level
1: yeah one of the challenges for a pastor um besides you got multiple layers of challenge in this they they get very busy they get a lot of distractions and they have a lot of their time management is managed by the needs of the people in that small church. Absolutely. Um, and so and if they don't have an assistant or a helper or somebody else they can send, whether it's multiple hospital visits, home visits, you know, showing up at football games for the young family so they know you care about their kids and all that kind of stuff, you end up we end up with a time crunch issue and your personal word time gets backseated to your Bible study time. Your Bible study time is Focused on helping the your pulpit time be good. If you're teaching Sunday morning, Wednesday night, and a Sunday night service, you're teaching three times, so you're in the word a lot. Oh yeah, and you tend to want to say, "I'm just using that to fill me," and then I'm returning that to my congregation as the filler. But if it's not personal, if it's if it's the professional side of what you're teaching, and it's not personal, it, there's a difference. And I've learned over the years, there's a huge difference. Mm. To actually saying, I ask my church people all the time to have quiet times, personal word time, Exactly. Uh, get in the word. So my job as a pastor means I got to already study that. I shouldn't be able to call that my word time. That's not my personal devotional time. So what I need to do is also have some reading time that's just for me. And if some sermons come out of it, yay, but usually for me, never. Um, usually it's just me being fed something that encourages me. Um, and I want to challenge you guys that are, especially if you're discouraged, if you're getting discouraged or overwhelmed, just take your pulse in that deal. Am I spending personal time in the word or is all my word time just for my study groups, just for the sermons I'm preaching, uh, just for the board meeting, I got to present a devotion at or whatever. Um, if that's all I'm doing, then I'm not actually being fed by the master. To nourish myself, I'm giving away all that food.
0: So it would be fair to say then that you could have a pastor preaching multiple times a week, two, three, even four times a week, and in the Word like crazy, but be spiritually drained to the core because he's
1: not in his personal Word. Been there, done that. I can, I can, yeah, I can tell you the season. Scary, that's scary. Well, there's seasons of life where that was true for me, right? You know, and I mean, I've got a lot of mileage, but I can tell you that was. It's a bad thing, and it you end up making a lot of excuses about it, um, because you're teaching the word so much, right? And by the way, you may love what you're teaching, which I, I love a good lesson, you know, I love connecting the dots and making practical applications and helping people see how one scripture flows to another and how you're supposed to apply it. I love all that stuff, so that's no problem, um, but. The high of that is not at all compared to the high of knowing that I spent quality time reading the scriptures, listening to God speak to me, and in quality time in prayer, talking back to him about what he's sharing with me, right? right. So it's just a personal thing. And and I think that's the, you know, if you're rushing a pastor to the ER to check on him, uh, sure. you know, the first thing the spiritual doctor needs to check is, how's your word time? How are you doing in your personal word time? Not your Bible study time, not your commentary time. Just you and God reading the scriptures. And by the way, I have in the last probably f- seven or eight years, um, I've had to make myself turn off my sermonizing brain. The the part of me that wants to look at every scripture as a sermon mm. or see what I can get from it. Mm. Um, I got bad about that. It was one of those seasons where I'm trying to have a personal time, and I go, oh, that would make a great application for this next yeah, sermon start, series I'm doing. Start analyzing now, it yeah, in that now, area. Now I've pulled my quiet time into a sermonizing <laughs> oh, yeah. section, and it's it's all about how it's going to feed others, not what God's saying to me. Right. right. So it's it's a challenge. you got to really work at that. But it, it's important, or you're going to burn yourself out.
0: It's good. It's really, really good. And then number two, and this is a big one, obviously, is personal accountability. Um, and for, I think, church leaders in general at multiple levels, not pastors only, this is something that they should be challenging themselves to. Um, it's is to have accountability partners, to have people that check in with them and check on them regularly, challenge them in certain areas, ask them, how are you doing in this area? Hey, I know that. You've told me before you're struggling with this, with X, Y, and Z. How's that going? Give me an update on that, that kind of thing. So what would you say to the pastor, the small church pastor especially, who finds himself in that situation where he thinks or feels like he doesn't have an accountability partner.
1: Yeah, you're doomed to failure. Okay, <laughs> and you're you're go, you're going to crash and burn.
0: And t- tell him how to find one.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I didn't mean to be all discouraging about that, but <laughs> sure. Any, any pastor that doesn't have
0: we're, extreme are those stats now.
1: <laughs> yeah, but extreme accountability is a very important in my. Experience with pastors, and I've spent a lot of time in ministry and a lot of time with pastors in ministry. I've watched a bunch of them burn out, I've watched a bunch of them flake out, (laughs) just freak out. Uh, I've watched some of them outside of accountability get themselves in a sin situation that eventually caused them to be disqualified um, and removed from ministry. Exactly, and it's all about good accountability. Um, Lots of transparency and lots of accountability. I believe there's in-house accountability that every pastor should have from his church family. The upper levels of your church family, your elders, your deacons, uh, if your small church doesn't have any of that, you have two or three people that, men that are part of the leadership team. Sure. You got to get one of those off to the side and you got to say, hey, I'm going to be your accountability. You're going to be my accountability. I'm your eyes and you're my eyes. Um, And I don't think a pastor should ever do Hardly anything without checking off with his in-house accountability
0: and build um, and build some you know don't just stop it there at you're my accountability and we'll see each other at church. This should be like we're we're having lunches together. Yeah. We're, yeah, yeah,
1: we're checking on each other all the time. Yeah, and you're on my speed dial. I'm on your speed dial. Right. Um, and any time a pastor has to make a hard decision, have a harder counseling session, or whatever. They're running that through accountability exactly. so that it's not just you having to carry that. And it's also not just you making that decision. Um, because you know, we, as pastors, we tend to get very focused and we don't get the help we need. We were never meant to do this by ourselves. Yep. So the in-house is one. But then I think it's very healthy for a pastor to have somebody outside the church, doesn't know your church at all, doesn't know your people, um, that you can talk to about what's going on. One of our elders here—I'll just throw this in there—he's on our board for six fourteen as well. But he's an elder at our church at Northside, where I serve. Um, he used to be that guy for me. He had a, a ministry. He was a pastor of a church we now call the Twilight Zone Church because it was really, really weird. <laughs> we should have that on the show sometime. Just as a—we should do the Twilight Zone theme and just let we him let total, him explain what the world we could that church totally
0: was. do the Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> that
1: church was a mess. So anyway, he was the pastor of that church, and I'm the pastor here. We met mutually counseling someone and became really good friends because we loved how each other, how we thought, and we became really good friends. And then that church imploded, nearly destroyed him, ran over him, backed over him, ran over him, backed over him several times. He freaked out, went home, kind of hated God, hated church, hated everything for a while. But gradually... Um, I just convinced him to come sit in our church. Well, for a long time, he was the guy I could talk to about the members of my church that were driving me crazy by name exactly. he didn't know anybody here. He didn't know the board members. I could say, you know, this guy, you can't, you'll can't. you never believe what happened at board meeting. And he would go, oh, no, and he, let me pray for you on that. And, hey, have you thought about talking to him about this? And maybe maybe this scripture would help that person or whatever. He was oh, yeah. my guy. Exactly. Then he showed up at my church, and, and later he became one of my elders. I'm like, okay, can't talk to him anymore. He's He's the <laughs> new in-house guy. What were you thinking? <laughs> but he but he was my guy from outside that I could do that with. Well, now, absolutely. I, have, I have two or three others now. Um, you know, they're out of state and I can just if I have a very bad time or a very hard decision, I can call them up and go, "Hey, you don't know anybody involved, I'm going to tell you my scenario of it." Yep. And I will tell you, if you need to call another elder to get a perspective, because this is a big decision we're making, it's okay. You know, I just need help from outside. Exactly. And I trust your wisdom. I trust your, your, you know, thoughts on that. So, but it's really important you have both. Um, I think both are vital to to the health of a pastor and a pastor without that is going to get himself in trouble. Big time, big time. So. Absolutely. That's really good. Really good. Or 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 he's gonna carry so much weight of all these decisions you have to make and all that. You know, you're just carrying too much weight. It's not necessary to carry it by yourself.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important too, and, and you've referenced this and mentioned this, that if you're gonna mention that with those people, you have to be transparent and honest with them. So right. You know, you can't you can't just go in there and fake it. Mm-hmm. Don't fake it like mm-hmm. everything's okay. And then number three is to preserve family time, which is something that I can say from firsthand experience as a pastor's kid, this is absolutely a must when you're in the ministry, whether you're a pastor or just in church leadership in general. Um, Even if we're just referring to, I mean, for you know, a lot of times we we think in terms of okay, we're talking about the pastor here, so they must be talking about wife, kids, stuff like that. Mm. But this goes as far as extended family. This goes as far as like your your siblings and that kind of stuff when mm-hmm. there's a family event that yeah. you don't need to shirk in place of a ministry thing right it's it's all of that so you know, it it can get complicated because you know you're juggling the priority of the church. And oh, so and yeah. It's and it's that whole like, okay, well, God comes first, but family's here, and God said this about family, so to focus on that dynamic for the small church pastor that's just trying to
1: get all that straight in his head. Yeah, your family has to be priority over your ministry, right? And right. for years, that was a juggling act for me that I wrestled back and forth with to understand yeah, it's and a balance. I, yeah, and I'm a high mercy shower, so church needs. Tend to get more attention than my stable family at times, right. so there's all that. But I will tell the pastor, younger pastors who have younger families, you only have so many years that they're going to be at your house in the floor playing with Legos. My example, because that's all y'all ever did. I can't imagine why
0: that would be the example. <laughs> yes, of <this> yes,
1: <laughs> we have <laughs> lots of pictures if you want to see them. Um, that there's only so many years that they're going to be. My daughter's going to want to have a little dollhouse to play with her dolls, and you know we're going to ride bikes in the front yard and play football, and you know. Baseball in the front yard. There's and only make, and make emergency room visits because the boys wiped out on their bikes. On their bikes, yeah. we, just, <laughs> we just went by the road where you did that. Not yeah, to lie to that's it, true. While we were in Birmingham, so but all of that to say, there's only so many years that's going to happen. There's going to be a season of your ministry where, as I am in now, all of your kids are grown, out of, doing their own thing, and you you have more of the time that you can invest in the ministry. But while they're home and while you've got a family network at home, you need to take care of. You need to prioritize that. Right. And it's really really hard sometimes. My, you know, favorite crazy story about all that is one of the nights we at the large church where I served in Birmingham, we had multiple layers of pastors. So you'd think you'd have lots of coverage, but we had had several crises on staff, several guys defaulted ministry and other things. And a number of us picked up a lot of extra work and extra pieces to that. And there was a a time period when you guys were, Josh, I think you were probably maybe eight. So that'd be eight, seven, six for the three of y'all. Um, y'all are at home. I've been out of the house for almost, uh, I think it was 11 nights at a meeting at church trying to solve the new crisis that got created at church with the staff stuff. Sure. And then you got your Sunday night, Wednesday night church. So that eats up two as well, four of them. So for a long time, I've had no home life, and Mama ain't happy with that. You know, the babies oh, yeah. all need all, babies all need their daddy and all that. And I'm saying, hey, it's coming. I'm fixing to just carve out this block. And I made a put my foot down deal to this church that afternoon. Not coming into work tomorrow. Going home tonight. Don't call me. Not I'm not on duty at all tonight. I made a big deal in the office at the big church about all that, which was a rare for me. Sure. Um, but that very night, when we sat down to have dinner, the phone rang. It was old old days when you had a wall phone. The phone rang, and it was the senior pastor calling me to say, need your help. And I just, your mom answered the phone, and I'm like, ain't happening. Can't happen. You know, I, this is way more important to me. I go get on the phone with him. He's like, you know, uh, church family member committed suicide. The mama wants you to go get their kids um, from school and tell them. She didn't want anybody else to tell the to tell the kids. Uh, so you're like, what do I do with that? Yeah. Wow. You know, because I've already promised the three of y'all we're going to play Legos till, you know, daylight if we want to. We, oh, yeah. Dad's here all night. And we're going to have a great time. You know? And, I mean, my, my wife saw it in my face, and I'm just like, I don't know what to mercy, you know, mercy's all kicking in. And then there's the family, mercy, family, mercy, you know, and I just had to, you know, and then your, your mom, good, good shout out to godly women, uh, pastor's wives. Your mom just gave me that it's okay. You know, and as soon as I saw her clear it, like you need to take care of that. Then I thought, well, now my ministry calling says family's going to be covered by her till I get home and then we'll, we'll make a special. But what we did is I told the church, as soon as we get through this little crisis, I'm off. Like we're going to take a little vacation, you know, from from work. I'm not coming in the office for days now. Yeah, like, so like we're going away, kind of. Yeah, vacation. <laughs> and and I will say, practically as pastors, sometimes you have to push yourself through a couple of things. If you take your men on a men's retreat or that kind of thing, you're gone for the weekend. Sure, you need to earn that back with your family. You know, the week later or two weeks later, you need to say, hey, there's there's two days in a row that I'm not doing anything. I'm going to pick the kids up from school or if they're homeschooling, I'm going I'm to be part of that all day. And then we're all going to go do something in the park or, you know, go for a nature hike or whatever. Absolutely. But but I'm going to double up my time because I had time away at this men's retreat or, you know, whatever we were doing. So summer camp or whatever. So But pr- healthy family time is is critical to you staying healthy. And when you're, when your family's all comfortable with you and loves you, as mine always has, for the most part, um, when your family loves you, it makes ministry a lot easier. And it makes the people of the church respect your family, so you, you're earning credibility there. Right. If you're and preaching to spend quality time with your family and raise them up and nurture them and all that good stuff, but you're not doing it, yeah, eventually that shows and, up. And as you've
0: noted before and as evidenced in, in our family um, that we've seen in, in other ministry families— um, the I think the the really big difference when you do it the right way and you do it the healthy way is that more often than not, the kids don't grow up resenting serving God, serving in a church or That's being right. being a part of ministry life. They don't grow up hating it or
1: hating right. God or now now it can still be a struggle at times. And there's no hundred percent guarantee of that, by the way. Oh no. I've Ever. seen pastors Ever. do it what I thought <laughs> was perfectly right and better than I did it, and their kids ended up still Yeah. You know, being really resentful to God, PKs. So,
0: but more often than not, if you do it the right way and the healthy way, they will not at least have a hatred for God and a hatred for the ministry. And you really want them to grow up loving the church. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Big time. And then, lastly, number four is practical counsel and mentoring. And this is obviously really big. And again, back to some of what we offer for pastors out there who are struggling with burnout or discouragement or things like that. If you need counseling through any of those, you know, areas, I think a lot of this is understandable when, um, I mean, I mean, even when a lot of people in churches view the pastor as kind of the, Spiritual superhero. He's the guy, the the, the go-to of the leadership. He's that guy that's not struggling with anything because we're all struggling with everything. Correct. (laughs) So, so if if a pastor is in a position where he needs professional help or counsel or whatever, talk to that a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm going to just clarify that in really crystal clear. There's no pastor that doesn't need counsel or help. There's just not one. If you're thinking you're that guy, you're in huge, you're in really big trouble. (laughs) You need to to swallow some humility and get back to, I can't do this by myself. Apart from Christ, I can do nothing. But pastors need counsel. They need the counsel of their elders at the church um, for spiritual decisions. They need counsel of godly men around them and they need a mentor that they can trust to speak into their life when they're you know, off tilt a little bit. So I would say work on that. And then I think a lot of pastors nowadays, uh, it would be healthy for them to be in a healthy counseling session once or twice a year. Uh, just find a counselor in the neighboring county, it doesn't have to be somebody nearby. Um, I know some pastors that drive an hour or two away from their town, have a professional Christian counselor two, you know, cities away two counties away uh, or a state away, and they spend, you know, a couple of hours with that guy and get everything out of their system and kind of hear, you know, sound counsel, and then they're just better. Right. Because they do that. Um, there's no shame in going to see a professional counselor um, just to help you get your stress level and your tension levels in a good place. Your Absolutely. anxieties and all that. Absolutely may need that professional side. Now, sometimes a good accountability, as we talked about earlier, and good mentoring can help you. Big time. Um, You should have an older pastor or a pastor with more years of ministry than you, around you, that can help you sound things out. And, you know, as we say here all the time, you show me your scars, I'll show you mine. You know, pa- pastors that have spiritual battles in their past and scar tissue from that, and stories from that can always, as we taught today in Scripture at our church, we can comfort those with the comfort we've been comforted with. Exactly. So I know what it's like to be fired by a church yep. and then rehired the same afternoon by the same church. Um, I know what it's like to, to have somebody in the church spiritually attack you and your family. Yep. Um, I know what it's like to have somebody uh, in the church tell everyone you're doing harm to the church uh, when all you're doing your very best is to help the church. Um, So all of that weighs into all these pastors and especially the young guys. Some of you don't know that a bunch of us have been through that because you don't have enough friendships or networks to tell you that, but a bunch of us pastors have been through that and we stayed the game. We hung in there and we persevered and a good mentor can help you persevere. Go, Hey, now's not time to hang up your, your hat. You know, let's not, let's not quit. Let's be patient, work through this. Let's see what God's going to teach you in this. By the way, when you're in a trial like that, God's trying to grow you and the ministry in the church, right? So all of that's really good. And I, I want to just say uh, pastors don't need to feel like they're struggling alone. You don't need to do this alone. Um, I, I'm not a professional counselor. If you call 614, I'm going to tell you I'll be the mentor <laughs> that'll help you. But I'm not a professional counselor. I know some. And, um,
0: oh yeah, And we'll be happy to refer you to any of those.
1: Yeah, we'll we're afraid to, to the, one of our guys on our board's a good counselor. Oh yeah. You know, we've got some people here in our town that are good counselors. So we can help recommend that. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, you have to reach out for it. And don't be the pastor that's too afraid that feels like that weakness means you're not qualified. Exactly. The truth is every pastor needs good counsel all the time. All the time. Th- that sitting alone trying to figure it all out by yourself is a very bad idea. It's where you're Anxieties and stress levels, and I'm overwhelmed with this, and this is never going to work, and I don't feel like doing this anymore. And you know, nobody's listening, I'm spinning my wheels, all that stuff uh, comes into your brain and just overwhelms pastors. Totally got that, been there, (laughs) know what it's like to have to walk out of that to go to somebody and go, Hey, man, I got to talk to you about this. This is driving me nuts, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, you know, as you know, I have a very best friend that I meet with every Monday. Yep. was just a sounding board. Oh yeah, just somebody I can sound off to. God bless him, and God bless yeah, him. Pray, pray for him and his family. He just lost his dad. Oh yeah, um, big time. Godly, godly man, but really, really great friend who wants to check on me, and he's my he's one of my accountability. That's right. And every pastor needs that. He's outside my church family, so I can talk to him about my church people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's it's a healthy thing for pastors to have that. Um, God never meant for you to do ministry alone ever, ever meant for you to do ministry alone. So please don't, even if you're in a small church where you feel like there's nobody in the church I can talk to, because yep. it'll freak them out if they know I'm having a hard time, call us.
0: Yeah, it's or, not a solo thing, and it's not something you gotta be isolated I in. I promise it won't freak me yeah, out. Don't so, isolate yourself, yeah. not at all. So Exactly. And we um, we want you guys to really know that and, and to really be encouraged by that. And be sure to check out the show notes on this episode because I'm gonna make sure to drop the link for... Our website in there, but specifically for that page where you can see the pastoral counseling right. section and how you can get in touch with us, not just for what we offer, but if you need further referral for right. some deeper resources. Right. So you're going to find us there through our email, through our social media, however you decide to message us. Just hit up the Our Team page and we'll make sure that we do that for you.
1: Yeah, and guys, we want you to know we really do care. Um, the statistics are that you know probably more than 60% of pastors out there are very discouraged. They're overwhelmed. We get that. I get that for sure. And we want you to know we care, and we'll, we'll reach out and help you if you reach out to us.
0: Yep. All right, guys. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rescuing Churches. We hope that you found all the content dialogue helpful and inspiring as always and encouraging this time around. Encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And uh, you can just please make sure that you will rate, subscribe this episode. Share share this episode, put it on your social media. I'm Josh, that's Dan, Silent Partner Mark, and we will catch you guys next time. You've been listening to Rescuing Churches, a discussion for the local church and its leaders. This show is brought to you by 614 Ministries. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 614 Rebuild and visit us online at 614ministries.org. Also, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcast. Thanks for listening.